Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode, and today we have... One of our favorite guests, Andy, I think, has the record for the most uh, most times he's appeared on the podcast or of anything that I've done and collaborated with. So Andy Malinsky is back with us here again. Uh, it's ahead of his book launch, which is uh, for a book called Reach. Andy is a Brandeis professor and author of uh, previous author of Global Disparity, and today he's willing to share his time to talk to us about how to step out of your comfort zone. So, um, welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here. I mean, it's an exciting time. Your book comes out, I believe, is it on 24th of January? Yeah, 24th of January, yeah. All right, all right. And, and can you talk to us about why you felt like this book is your life's work? Yeah, so uh, so uh, some of your listeners might be familiar with my previous book, Global Dexterity, which is about acting outside your cultural comfort zone. And what I've learned from that book and a lot of the feedback I've gotten is that the idea of acting outside your comfort zone is a lot broader than just crossing cultures, right? Even within our culture or crossing cultures, there are situations where we have to, where in order to grow or learn or advance in our jobs and our lives, we need to step outside our comfort zone. It could be anything from, you know, work, from pitching and promoting yourself to giving a speech to networking to standing up for yourself to participating in a meeting, maybe if you're shy or introverted or just not comfortable. In your daily life, it could be standing up to someone, it could be saying no to someone, it could be delivering bad news, it could be you know all sorts of stuff. I think our lives, uh, we find ourselves in our lives confronted with these situations on a daily, if not weekly basis, and these are key situations for us, and I think a lot of us end up avoiding them. We end up crafting our lives so that we maybe avoid doing these things, but I think I think it's important for us in order to achieve our goals to be the people that we want to be, to be able to learn how to step outside our comfort zones and do this difficult but important stuff. And so that's what the book's about. It's about to give you the confidence and courage to be able to uh, – and also the set of tools uh, to be able to step outside your comfort zone uh, successfully. 
Huh. So it's it's so interesting to me because I think that's that's such an interesting topic, especially with people that listen to the podcast. It's you know one of the things that hold us back from crossing cultures is that anxiety and that fear of the unknown. And it sounds like you've you know you essentially spent a lot of time in your life figuring out the best ways to step out of these comfort zones. But do you have any examples of of you know of you know people in your international situations that you've been in where there were instances where you saw people not being able to 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 really step into their their comfort zone because they were afraid of you know maybe something bad happened to them. Yeah. So the book. So I could, I should say that the book originates the DNA of this book. The original research I did on this book was the 15 years of work that I've done helping and training people and studying people as they're learning to adapt and adjust across cultures. And so the cultural component of it is a huge element to it. So, for example. Um, you know, people learn coming to the United States, a lot of young foreign professionals who learn that when they step into the United States, want to get a job, they need to pitch and promote themselves at networking events, even if they come from a culture where they were taught to speak only when spoken to or from a modest culture, or let's say they have an introverted personality or whatever it might be, or people who come to the United States and realize that in order to you know, progress in their job, they need to act informally with superiors. They need to call their bosses by their first names when in their culture they'd never do that. I mean, the list goes on and on. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I got like, I've, I have so many examples and stories about crossing cultural comfort zones, but I've also supplemented those examples in this book with stories and examples from all sorts of professions. I've got doctors, I've got managers, I've got entrepreneurs. I imagine a lot of the listeners listening or maybe work in businesses or, or entrepreneurs themselves, trying to find situations to, to successfully step outside their comfort zones. I have um, all sorts of people in the book. I, I even uh, interviewed uh, priests, rabbis, circ- wow. um, circus, circus performers, goat farmers, baristas, uh, you name it, small business owners. And so what was so interesting to me is that the you know all the contexts, of course, are different. But the essential challenges were the same, and also the tools that people used across these professions, including people stepping outside their cultural comfort zone, the ways they did it successfully were also similar. That's what was so interesting. Wow. And the, I mean, the thing that caught my ear there was the, the priests and rabbis. I'm always curious as to, uh, to, to yeah. what they had to say. But um, well, the, well, yeah, just share some of those stories. Well, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, when you're when you think of priests or rabbis, whatever your clergy are from whatever religious background you come from, oftentimes you think of those people in sort of these reverent terms and, you you know, you should. But but those people are human beings as well. Right. You know, and so I have a great story of a priest who it's an Episcopal priest. So it's, it's a female priest. She she was talking about the challenges that she faced walking into a room uh, to have to deliver last rites to a, to a dying patient and their family. And how, and she was a young priest, relatively young, and how outside her comfort zone it was to, to turn that knob on that door, walk in that room, and have the confidence and courage uh, to be able to do it. You know, it's, it's, you sort of like, from the other side, you just sort of, sort of assume that these, the, that clergy like that will, will, will just sort of do it, because you're more focused on your own pain and, 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 and grief, let's say, but, but they, they have a tough job to do. And so yeah. it was really interesting to hear their stories. No, that's, that's fascinating to me. So what about your students? I know you teach a lot of, um, 
you know, international students and, and you, you, you see this actively where foreign yeah. students are trying to find their, you know, step outside of the comfort zones, like be assertive, speak up in class, uh, yeah. and network in those situations. Yeah. Why, why do you feel like this is an important book um, for, those, for um, those people? So it's, so it's interesting. Um, that's the other piece of this. Um, for years now, I've created an MBA class at Brandeis International Business School where I'm a faculty member. And in that class, my students, and most of them are foreign students, MBA students and so on, they need to choose, as, as part of this class, they need to choose a situation that's outside their comfort zones, and they have to commit themselves to working on improving in that situation during our semester. And so that means if you're afraid of networking, let's say of, 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 of approaching someone you don't know, maybe even a senior person, making small talk with them, saying a few positive words about yourself and your background, and if you're in your culture, doing this would just be completely inappropriate – uh, these students need to need to go off and do it. Not not in a pretend situation, not like pretending with their friends, but actually finding real events, going off and doing it, writing a structured diary. I've created some really nice um, self-reflective questions that I find really help people get at the heart of the challenges and their experience. Mm-hmm. And then we come back in class and we talk about it. We share experiences in my new book, Reach. I've got lots of tips and tools and strategies for people to do this more successfully. Then they go off again. And so it it ends up being for them an amazing opportunity to force themselves outside their comfort zones. And then for me, it's become a living laboratory and all that data, all that information is in the new book. So that's what's really cool. You know, what I also think is cool is that you're always in this constant state of of – Evolution. It's almost like you're always growing, and you said you have that laboratory in, in your cam- on your campus there. But every time I talk to you, it's like you've figured out a different aspect of the human psyche. And I don't know that yeah. you're an anthropologist or not, but it almost feels like you are because you're always talking about a different uh, element that the human, uh, um, you know, the human ev- evolution has, uh, has come to attain. <laughs> it's true. So actually, my background. So I have a I have a PhD in psychology and organizational behavior. Right. So I do, I do not anthropology, but I do come from a psychological background. So that's so I definitely infuse that into my work and I at Brandeis I have a I have a joint appointment. I'm in the business school, but I'm also in the psychology department. Wow. Yeah. No, it's uh, no it's amazing to me because the more I find myself doing this work and as I consult with companies, the thing that you are writing about which is stepping out of your comfort zone, expanding your reach, making sure you you know even in your previous book keeping that global dexterity, it's it's become this um, almost lost art because if you look at what's happened in 2016 and as we get into 2017, there's almost this um, mentality that people feel like they have to only be one way to be successful, and and it's uh, you know it, it's always interesting when I come across people who have done the work to show that that's not actually the case. There's not one way to be successful, and you can still retain elements of, of your individual identity while asserting yourself, um, in, you know, in this globalized context that we call this uh, uh, our world today. So. Um, yeah, that is- I, think that, I, I think that's that's a really good insight, and it's right. I think a lot of people, when they step into situations like crossing cultures, um, you know, uh, sort of stepping up into roles and tasks and responsibilities at work, uh, that they know that they need to kind of ad- address to grow and learn. But- Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Maybe aren't so comfortable. I think it's really, it is stressful. It is hard for people. And sometimes people feel powerless. But I think that, I think people end up having more power than they think uh, in these situations. If they're willing to step into them, you can oftentimes find your way as, as you as you just said find, find a way of sort of customizing or personalizing how, how you do something so that it does feel you know you could you, you do have that little piece of yourself in it so even though it's something new you're still holding on to something of yourself and I think that's one of the tricks to crossing cultures and stepping outside your comfort zone no no I completely agree and a couple more questions before you go I know you do have to, to head out soon but one of the the things that um, happens now with globalization is the fact that you do have an inherently global workforce so in the workforce you, you have several generations of play uh, for the first time you know almost as many as five generations sometimes and you also have all these global global company where invariably you're working with people from different cultures how does that diversity and inclusion come into play when you're leading these type of teams? Because you're going to be leading people from different cultures. Do, do you, does your book tackle some of the best ways to manage intercultural type of situations uh, where people in your team are not willing to step out of the comfort zone and you have to inspire that in them? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, to how do you help people and how do you help inspire uh, people? Sort of almost like a mentoring role. How do you inspire yeah. people to step outside their comfort zone? Yeah, I think I think you're right. That's like a hidden art um, to be able to do that. I think that I think I think it's really um, it's 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 very important to to really do a sort of a social inventory of your people. You know, to really understand them. Uh, and understand what their backgrounds are, not just to sort of go at the surface level. If someone's from Korea, you know, just sort of like chalk it up that they're Korean and therefore they're going to act in a certain way, but to understand who they really are, because not all people from Korea are the same. Did this person go to college in Korea? Have they traveled around? Do they have a what, what's their personality? They're exactly. you know not not their cultural background, but their personality. And then to understand what the situations they're going to be facing are, and then to understand what their own distinctive challenges are. And I think that's a key. A really key role for anyone who's leading and managing people across cultures in that sense to have that empathy and to have that perspective taking to step into their shoes and understand what for them and to have those conversations of course what for them is going to be challenging in terms of stepping outside their comfort zone and then how to set up the conditions for them to succeed no no i i love that because it's you know whenever i talk to companies it's that element that they're there's almost this fear of, of making that snap judgment that all Koreans are this way or all Chinese people are this way. But at the same time, 
I don't know. I don't want to call it lazy, but I think it is lazy. It's this lazy assumption that they feel like if they do that, they've done their work, and it, it's harder to sort of deal with that nuance where you figure out that within the Chinese culture, within the Korean culture, there is still several. There are still ele- several elements of individuality that you have to inspire, and that's essentially what it is to be a leader in 2016 and onwards. It, it's figured out how to just deal and catch up to globalization, as opposed to maintaining old forms and and being stubborn uh with your adaptation of your leadership style yeah when we you know you talk about globalization it sounds you know a lot of people say you know globalization companies are globalizing and so on and it's true (laughs) but the reality the reality is is that globalization is happening on the ground it's happening in those team meetings it's happening as a leader is trying to understand what makes a certain person tick from wherever they happen to be from and make that team mesh together. That's globalization. It's happening at a very human level. And I think that element gets caught, uh, sort of gets lost a little bit in the sort of more grandiose economic rhetoric. No, I completely agree. Going back to, to your why you wanted to write Reach, why um, did you always know that you wanted to be an author, first of all? Because I know you wrote Global Dexterity, but did you always know that you were going to be a two time, three time author? You know, uh, when I went into academics, um, academics write typically for other academics, and that never was satisfying to me. Uh, You know, I I don't want to write for the 50 academics who are going to read my work. I want to write for the thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe one day millions of people who 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 actually who who I could help. You know, who who, where where I could really apply my expertise to write in a compelling way in a way that will really reach them and then to help them in their lives. And that is what drives me. And so that's what I've always wanted to do. And when I wrote Global Dexterity, I really felt like I was able to do that with some people. And now this new book, Reach, I think is going to reach, sorry to pardon the pun, but <laughs> hopefully you know, reach an even broader segment of people. Yes, it's very relevant to people who cross cultures, uh, third culture kids. But it's um, more, pe- yeah. But it's more, it's more, it is more. It's for anyone who uh, grows, learns, steps outside their comfort zone in any domain of their life. So that's, so, so it, it's really inspiring. When someone tells you that your book helped them, that's pretty cool. No, I, and, and I know you're a very humble guy, so you're not going to say this, but your profile has significantly grown since Global Dexterity. Um, and and you, you've done, you've had, been afforded a lot more opportunities to, to reach, <laughs> our part in the pun, but to reach more people. And, and I think it's very apropos that you know you have a book um, of this magnitude, but it's also that I keep going back to the evolution of your, your, your character is that you're growing and you're becoming more of an influencer with more than just people who are interested in cross-cultural fields. Rather, you're becoming an influencer with people who want to have uh, better uh, you know, uh, better levels of themselves, attain better levels of their of themselves, and and then just do more with their lives. And I always think that, that's that's admirable. Yeah, that's my hope for sure. And I should also say, you know, one last thing here, which is that, um, you know, the, I, you know, I, I give it, I, I have a keynote that I give on on reach and global dexterity too, of course. But uh, 
you know, I begin my keynote, to be honest, by saying very honestly that it's kind of funny that I'm the person who's writing this book about stepping outside your comfort zone, sort of as if like I'm great at it. And I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm actually really, I am not great at stepping outside my comfort zone. I have stresses. I worry about things. I have a difficult time, you know, doing things that are that are um, challenging. I avoid things and so on. But I think that because I do, and because I'm, I, I recognize it, I'm very attuned to the to the challenges that other people have. You know what I mean? So I, so you know, part of me feels that it's like you know, it's sort of like laughable in some ways that I'm like the expert on this. But then again, maybe I can be because I struggle with the same things that everyone else does. So. No, no. There's no better teacher than someone who's who experienced this almost on a daily basis because you know the triggers and you know when you you would I guess go in a shell uh, and and, yeah. and and you can really identify those. But no, no. This is great, and I'm so glad to have you on the show again just to talk about this. I'll I'll continue to put out your content until until out there because I'm a big admirer of your work, and also we've got a lot of mutual friends, and they have nothing but good things to say about the type of work that you do and the dedication that you show. Um, um, towards advancing humanity uh, despite difficult times or whatever you, you have that uh, um, eternal uh, optimistic and, and um, analytical way of approaching some of our world's greatest ills so I always, I always admire that for sure I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Well, so where can people find more free stuff about you? You know, I know you're doing a lot of freebies. So, uh, what are some of the freebies that you're, you're offering the audience that we can share? Yeah. So, so uh, if you pre-order my book, uh, which apparently is like really important from what I understand in terms of the publishing world, uh, <laughs> pre-ordering. I've been told. So I'm really working hard to see if people might be willing to pre-order my book. Uh, I imagine that you're going to put out the link for your listeners, which would be awesome. And what we've done is we've created a really nice package of stuff that uh, free stuff that you'll, that you'll be able to receive in addition to, uh, to the book itself. So you'll get access to some of my best thinking in terms of two, uh, eBooks. You'll have access to two master classes that I'm going to do some virtual master classes on global dexterity and on reach a little bit later this year. Um, you'll have you'll be able to uh, uh, win the opportunity in a raffle uh, to get into a raffle for a private training session with me, and then also um, you'll also be able to uh, uh, have a chance to win a pair of Bose headphones. And the the funny thing about those is that that is what I use constantly. Like if anyone who knows me, I'm always wearing them. So it's I figured I kind of had to give away one of those. Hey, no, hey, those all sound great, and I can't wait to put this in the show notes and incorporate this into many, many more pieces of content. I always love playing around with your content because it gives me more flexibility to do uh, things I don't normally do with my podcast or, 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 or other pl- social media platforms. So, um, once again, cool. so, hey, hey, it means you're stepping outside your comfort zone. That is, st- you know what? This has been a punful, uh, <laughs> an episode full of puns. No, but yes, I am actually stepping out to my comfort zone. <laughs> but um, no, I appreciate that. And and you know, for those listening, his upcoming book is is uh, Reach. Make sure you pre-launch it. I'll put all that in the show notes and uh, be ready to see you know a series of uh, pieces of content from um, Andy and I uh, in the coming weeks. Awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciated it. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 